0: Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by the Digital Marketing Institute. I'm your host, Will Francis, and today I'll be talking to Julie Atherton and Sean Gallagher all about social selling. That's using social media as a key part of the sales process. Julie is the founder of Social Transformation Advisory Small Wonder, a speaker, consultant, strategist, and author on the topic. She's written two acclaimed books on social media strategy, and the latest one, B2B Social Selling Strategy, has recently hit bookshelves with its indispensable advice for B2B sales and marketing professionals. And listen to the end for a discount code which Julie is gonna give us for the book. Sean is the Customer Relationship Growth Manager at Intercom, the popular customer communications platform. Sean uses his sales expertise to help sales and marketing teams drive more revenue and he brings support and product teams closer to their customers. Sean was also a previous student here at the DMI, and he worked with Julie while he was undertaking his master's dissertation, and some of that research went into the book. So together, they're going to explain and help us understand social selling much more clearly. Julie, Sean, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, welcome. Thanks for having us, Will. Hi, excited to be here.
0: Great stuff. It is Fantastic to have you both here, two for the price of one, to talk about um, social selling, which is just one of those topics that there's still, I think, a lot of, uh, I don't know, mystery around for people. People want to know more about it. They feel like they're not leveraging it as much as they probably can. So let's get into how it works and why. But do you know what? I do like to start by just setting the scene on these things. Let's just recap for our listeners' what exactly social selling is. Julie, uh, what would you say it is in a nutshell?
1: Well, I think it's ultimately um, about relationship building. So it's thinking about how you, you know, we follow a lot of organisations and brands on social media, we engage with them, but really what we want to do is engage with people. So social selling is about supercharging your personal profile and kind of building relationships that really last a long time and are mutually beneficial to you and to the people that you're trying to sell to. Sean, what would you
0: say? What you know? How do you describe it there, at intercom to people?
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree with Julie that it's it's something that really needs to focus on um, sharing value, um, building your network, and being able to actually leverage your own network to be able to have a greater impact for your own business, but hopefully break new ground and connections so that you can actually help people as well. So I think paying it forward is a something that I really hold dearly when I think about trying to socially sell. It's about maybe not something that might be an instant result today, but we know that over time it's a really good thing to do.
0: So because you've built that relationship in the long term, the sales efforts you're going to make in the future are helped because I suppose, you know, in sales terms, you've warmed the leads.
1: I think it's even more than that, actually. I think it's this value thing that Sean talked about. It's like you don't want to focus ultimately on the sale, really. What you're focusing on is the relationship that Mm. will bring, you know, will bring sales in the end. We know it does. But actually, the reason for those continual engagements, the long-term nature of that relationship means that that sale may not be in the next week or the next month. And um, and if you're too driven by those sales targets, then you're not going to be building a social selling relationship. You're just driving sales activation, which is a completely different mindset and, and approach, I'd say.
0: That's very true. Um, and so, Sean, at Intercom... When people, you know, review your work, I mean, what are the metrics that you show to define success?
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways you can measure metrics. I mean, in a a previous role, I was doing a lot of social selling as an SDR. So I was trying to open new virtual doors, some new meetings. So I would have metrics based on what meetings I would have, but For something like social selling, it's something that um, it can sometimes be difficult to measure. And this actually links to some of the research that I did. But some of the typical activities would be getting involved in the conversation on social media. So wouldn't necessarily be tracking for the number of activities, but each day coming in, seeing if I could offer value, if I could start a conversation based on what people cared about or noticing something about them or what was happening in their world to try and build a connection.
0: That's interesting. And just to clarify, you're doing that as Sean, not Intercom.
2: That's a really good point, I think. And like, um, Judy, maybe you could jump in on this because I know you've uh, a lot of experience as well in the regular digital marketing sphere, not just social selling, is that sometimes people will think about social selling as if, well, the company's saying this, so I'll say this and do what the company does we have a unique um, competitive advantage as having personalities and being able to tell our own version of the story or convey um, what value the business can offer in our own way. And I think people can always pick up when you're saying what the business just said or just reposting what the business said or talking about a conversation that you had with a customer and something that's happening in the industry or, you know, just opening up a conversation that will give you a bit more credibility I think so that might be there's there's not definite metrics of send this many messages or leave this many comments but there's certain behaviors that I think are really good to do daily and over time that should help
0: um and you you mentioned Julie might have something to say what what have you got to say about that Julie the the you know just this person versus company voice
1: yeah so so I think if we if we think about a sales relationship, you know. So when we're building um, and we're building those sales relationships, and and that may be, you know, in a big organisation and a kind of tech kind of company like Sean works for. It might be in a a small, you know, a manufacturing business or in a in a very small, maybe an entrepreneurial startup, something like that. So there's lots and lots of different. Ways that we're using um, this kind of activity. But in each case, the individuals themselves are likely to have uh, bigger and certainly more engaged social networks on those platforms than the brand is going to have. Many people follow brands, but they don't really engage with that. So we'll see, you know, eight. 10 times more engagement rate and uh, significantly more reach when we use those personal profiles. So what Um, we're trying to do is we don't want to be just using... Um, corporate speak on those personal profiles, because the reason they're following us is because of us, who we are as people, and what our personality is about and what our unique area of expertise and value and all of these things are about. And therefore, we have to have our own personality as part of that. And we have to empathise with our own network, because our network will be a slightly different section of the population than our brand's network will be and the, and different from another person in the sales forces network. And that's a real value to the business, but it also is really important for us because it's our personal profile. So we want to make sure we are true to our own values and our own personality, because, you know, we need to be, we've built that network because of those things. So I think this, this, this personal um, profile is really important. And that, that's why you can't be just sell, sell, sell because that's not why people are following you. That's not why people are engaging with you and you'll lose that network and the value you bring to that network if you do that. So you have to think about, you know, why people are in our in our network and what they're following us for or why they're engaged with us. And then we have to bring that value in. And, and eventually it will come, it, you will lead to sales. But if sales are the core target then it it's really um you know you will lose sight of what you're really trying to do it's interesting so in the book i talked to um uh head of social uh for ericsson and um anita who 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 has that role she she talked about you know when they start doing social selling with a sales team within the ericsson group they wait six months before they expect to see any revenue at all and they don't target any revenue at all they target only have how comfortable are you how embedded are these behaviors that sean was talking about in your team how confident are the team where are they on their social maturity journey and then ultimately they see the sales come so they don't need to target them with sales because they they come at the end of that process
0: wow that that's that's interesting that's very interesting i think that's it it's just about time frame really isn't it because it's just a simple case of you can't just do it this week and go and measure the results next week it's um it, it's it's something that takes time and you know what you're saying just sounds so similar to what I'm always telling my um, students and um, workshop attendees about social media in general, right? The, the ROI is, isn't something you measure next week. It's a very long-term thing. And it's also, it's not about selling. It's about building relationships with people because clearly, like you say, the audience doesn't follow you to receive a load of sales, corporate, promotional rubbish. But at the same time, the algorithms, are very uh, keen to keep that kind of content hidden as well because it it just forces people off the platforms.
1: Yeah, and I think I think also they if we if we think about how people make decisions uh, and particularly if it's a big ticket item, um, you know we're putting in a new IT system or where you know we're gonna re you know, refit or move offices or whatever, you know, these huge decisions that people make in B2B, they affect... You know, it's not like me deciding I'm going for a Burger King or a McDonald's for my lunch and I, I, I make a, I'm make disappointed because I made the wrong choice. You know, if I make the wrong choice about what IT system to bring into my business, then my whole career could be on the line. Certainly I'm going to, you know, lose, lose a lot of reputation within my, you know, business, my mm. um, colleagues and the community that I work in. So these people are very, very anxious about making those decisions. They take a long time. They involve a lot of people. And a lot of the research will be done up front, you know, and hidden from the people who are selling. So a lot of online research will be done behind the scenes. We'll be talking to other people via social networks and and other means. And what we're trying to do with social selling is we're trying to be part of that conversation. We're trying to be providing that information, providing that insight, being a partner Mm -hmm. to those people so that they feel confident making that decision with us, not about us. And Yes. we're kidding ourselves if they're, they're not going to buy an IT system off a social post because if they did, they probably shouldn't be in charge of that. You know, so we know that that's not going to happen. Uh, but we we also know that, you know, bombarding somebody's email is really annoying, but just dropping mm. them an, a little note on social when you're connected with them going, oh, how's it going? Thought you might like this. You know, totally ungate kept much less intrusive, much less... Um, you know chasey um is very very nice way to keep what can be a long a long you know long decision making process going
0: yeah no that's 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 very true um okay that's that's interesting we're getting under the skin of it for sure um sean i'm interested to hear from you uh, at intercom where does social selling sit is it a sales or a marketing technique
2: well i think something that's really important is like feeling like everyone's on the same team. So a lot of the time we'll use some of the resources from marketing in our social selling effort. So to Judy's point about having value and showing up with value. So if there is any sort of industry research that might be relevant to um, some of our target audience that we're trying to build relationships with, that can be a way to strike up the conversation. You know, you could, use some of that but as far as who's doing it it is the sales team and I think um, one point I wanted to make was I like to think of social selling and sales as an arm of digital marketing and it's uh, not very scalable but I think that can be its strength so what Judy uh, mentioned about being super personal being able to break down those walls so someone doesn't have to fill out a form to be able to evaluate they could literally just be left an audio note on LinkedIn or often I would be sending people videos and be like, Hey, wanted to introduce myself, drop your line and try and strike up a conversation and break down some of those walls. So I think, um, people can focus a lot on, well, once I have the script, I'll be able to know how to go about social selling. Or if you just tell me the steps, that might be enough to get you started. But from my perspective, it's all about being personal and using that as your competitive advantage and just. Breaking down those walls so people will want to know you and how you might be able to help them.
0: Yes, yeah, I get that. And do you think? I mean, in, in, but in what ways can marketing activity assist? Like, what, what? As someone in the sales team, like, what, what would you ideally wish that marketing were doing? Um, is it about marketing qualified leads, or is it softer stuff than that?
2: Um, I think so, some of the times where it's worked quite well, is some, sometimes it can even be. Um, a field marketing with uh, digital marketing so there might be an event remember one time in intercom we had a, a coffee networking event for our target audience so we'd um, work with a lot of customer support leaders so we were able to reach out and say hey noticed you're working on the support team in this company we're actually having a coffee meetup in london Why don't you drop down have a free coffee and there'll be a lot of other people in your industry there so That may not be as uh, digitally focused, but that was a good way that we were able to team up and create that context and value offering where we're saying we're not trying to force you into a meeting about intercom. But here's something that might help you get to know people in your industry and you might learn some stuff about support.
0: Yeah, I suppose, again, it's that thing about value, isn't it? Whether it is an event, whether it's... um free white papers or resources articles anything that brings people in because they they find value in it is all part of again as we say to people in social in general um just shouting at people isn't a great way to start a relationship in real life or in digital marketing we, we we're drawn to people who add value to our lives right
2: if you are able to look at what marketing has been able to has been able to build with customer stories and if they're in particular industries And you see someone who's a local like customer in an industry, you could say, hey well, noticed you're working over in this company, not sure if you're familiar with this competitor X. We're actually partnering with them because they had this problem. Might be interesting for you to check out because it could be something you're experiencing. You know, and then that's a way of using the heavy lifting of marketing who've gotten all these great metrics and really well presented documentation. But it could be something where they're saying, "Actually, this is something we're looking into." Thanks for sharing that. Instead of, "Let me tell you about the company."
0: Yeah. So you mean like case studies, but one that ones that if it's not not just shouting again. They're quite um, actually quite useful and informational for other companies.
2: If it's industry specific, yeah. If it's if it's if it relates well to the person you're reaching out to, they're probably going to want to know what their competitors are up to, or how they're solving similar problems. And that's worked well for me to strike up conversations.
1: I just wanted to add to that because I think, you know, Mm. when when, um, Sean's talking about, um, you know, using that content to kind of help him deliver those personal conversations, but if we think at an organisational level, if we think at a sort of structural level within the business, all of these individuals like Sean own their own social profiles so there's a there's a business risk to a certain extent um, for organizations who um, use social selling in this way that those individuals you know they build up these fantastic networks and then they go and perhaps work for your competitor so there is you know we have to mitigate this risk in terms of our own strategic planning an organizational level you know, if you're the chief exec and you're doing it or it's your own business, you're not going to leave. But, you know, in, in, when you've got a big sales team like Sean works in a sales, you know, in a in a bit in a global business and they've got this, you know, a, a big sales team that makes a, you know, w- as an organization, you've got to think about what you do with that. So one of the things that marketing does, so marketing helps you structure um, and work uh, in collaboration, exactly like Sean's talking about. What is it that we're trying to do to demonstrate the breadth of what we offer here and the individuals that make up that combination of individuals make up this brand, make up what this business delivers? And so Sean's part in that is one part, but there will be other elements that give different dimensions. But we also need to make sure that we can create the content. We need to make sure that we've got content that really does demonstrate our USPs as an organization. So we're delivering content to Sean and to everybody else within that team through marketing that supports their personal thought leadership, branding, their own relationship building, but is done and is delivered by their personal way of delivering it and their individual aspects that add value, but is also central to our core content pillars that we need to offer as an organization.
0: And are people comfortable with that? Are people comfortable with, you know, being kind of, uh, you know, an ambassador for the company in a way and and maybe in some way being, I suppose, slightly pressured to use their personal LinkedIn? Or is everyone okay with that?
2: For me, um, it's as simple as if I do social selling, I'll make more money. That sounds (laughs) bad, but that's enough of a reason for me. Um, It's not actually enforced here. So no one has to do it, but I've... Done sessions myself with some of the STOs to encourage them to do it, because I feel like the benefits far outweigh the disadvantages. And I will admit that there is complexity involved, but for me, I just think it can be such a untapped channel for reaching your target audience if you use it the right way.
0: I mean, it's just an extension of you, isn't it? It's it, it's like saying well i'm not going i'm not going whining and dining a client you don't get to own my stomach and d- d- dictate what goes in there or something i i agree i think you know look if you want to be a salesperson then you you use any you use the, that extension of you in 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 a worky way and and that feels um appropriate i mean i because i've asked i've had people ask me that question on my training courses and I I'll say something like, you know, I often use the analogy of football players. It's like, well, whilst Ronaldo is at Man United, which might not be for much longer, um, you know, he, he wears the Man United shirt and then he'll go to some other club and he'll wear their shirt, you know, and that's, that's okay. And and because, you know, you see people on LinkedIn and sometimes they even have like a branded header on their profile and, Great, you know it's
1: I think you're right, will, but I think I think there is an ethical point that is really important that we do reflect upon as so, as an organization, you know you should not be forcing, I don't believe you should be forcing people to use their social profiles to promote your business. Yeah, that is course. not that is not really right, and I think you do see a lot of bad practice on on channels like LinkedIn, where you've got young sales people using their own profiles to basically spam your inbox with DMs, you know and that is not social selling and that isn't doing the business the organization reputation any good and it nor is it doing those individuals any good for their future careers and their own personal development because why would i want to be connected with somebody who behaves in that way in that environment where social selling works really really well for both the individual and for the business is where you allow somebody to build their own personal reputation their own personal credibility and they're using your brand to do that as well That you know they're benefiting from the fact they work for your organization that they've got this content to demonstrate their knowledge and thought leadership that's coming from the marketing team and from other areas and they're growing their own career and their own profile with your you know with your endorsement on that and then the the Pricopo is that the business, benefits from this broader reach that they've got, this depth of credibility that they have with their target audience, and this personal connections that these individuals have. And it doesn't just have to be salespeople. So perhaps you've got a really great data expert in your business who's like a genius. Build their personal profile too. They won't do any direct selling for you, but they will grow your reputation, your organization's reputation in a really meaningful way as well as you growing their reputation. So I think if you can, and this is why the process is about changing the culture within the business when you start to use social selling. It's not about going, okay, now we're using social media. We want even more leads from you next week than we had last week. It's about how does social fit in with all of the behaviors and those conversations that people are having and how do we as an organization harness that in a way that's positive for our staff and ourselves
0: yeah i like that idea that you know it's, it's let's grow together you know it's yeah. mutually beneficial everyone wins and employees feel good about being supported in their career being developed in the long term and and the business can only gain from that yeah clearly
2: well could i add to that point i just wanted to say something quickly on that is that i totally agree and i think one of the ways it helps me do it is when i think about if we're moving forward with the company um, the the mission of where I work is make internet business personal. So that kind of gives me free rein to be super personal, but also there are some company values as well. So I feel like when when there is a a personality or a um, a context in which you know how to put out the content, you can still make it your own, but still feel like it's aligned to the business. So that's helped me a lot by saying, well, actually, this aligns very well with where the business cares about so if i behave in that way it's it's a it's a nice way to to steer how i behave
0: hello a quick reminder from me that if you're enjoying our podcast series why not become a member of the dmi so that you can enjoy loads more content from webinars and case studies to toolkits and more real life insights from the world of digital marketing head to digital forward slash ahead of the game to sign up for free now back to the podcast you know, I'd love to dig into the research uh, a little bit because, um, Julie, I know the, the, your book has just come out. It's got an, uh, an element of original research from Sean's master's dissertation. Um, I'd love to hear from both of you about that. Sean, you you first. I'd love to hear what's, what sort of surprising findings, what were the most surprising findings that you unearthed during your research?
2: I can definitely get into that. I wanted to say really quickly, though, that I really enjoyed doing my master's at DMI. They're not asking me to say this, but I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it and did the post-grad and then moved up to the master's. So as someone in sales, I still think you can get a lot out of it. So that was what was exciting for me taking on this research was being able to see how it actually helps me in my sales career. And I still think there's a lot of crossover. As far as your question about what was um, surprising, I suppose the the general consensus is that everybody knows social selling is good and we should be doing more of it. But one of the things is just how little people actually know how to go about it. So there's uh, a level of the unknown. So enablement, people not actually knowing how to go about it. And managers being able to support the salespeople and how to actually get people up and running so this can actually work well. The the last point I'd make is that often, like you spoke about metrics and often they would ask salespeople, well, how many calls did you make? How many emails did you send? And how many of this did you do? And for stuff like word of mouth in marketing, we all know what works. And I feel like uh, social selling can be in that bucket. So um maybe there needs to be more of a movement towards doing what we know works even if we can't measure it
0: god yeah that's i think that is like i say the pressure is on in that regard i think that the way that social works a lot of that is 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 yeah is is in some way untrackable but we kind of instinctively know whether it's working or not
1: I, i i've got a really good example there's a really really good example in the book actually so um i i interviewed um Uh, a very senior person at SAP. Um, Mm -hmm. And when they introduced social selling into SAP, they took a two sales force, so two sales teams who were doing social, you know, said they were doing social selling, were using um, social media within their um, sales technique as part of their sales armory. And they took one group and they said just carry on so they they were both in the same region they both had very similar sort of uh, sales target uh, you know uh, audience for the, for their um, for what they're doing and they had a very similar kind of um, revenues that they were making so the first group they said just carry on doing exactly as you're doing and the second group they gave them All of the things that came out in Sean's research, they hadn't obviously seen Sean's research, but they did all of the things that were in Sean's research, setting clear goals, making sure people really understood um, that they didn't have to be really so target driven by this social selling, that it had a different role to play. But what were the goals? What do we want you to think about? They gave them some support, so lots of training, lots of encouragement and someone to go to to really help them deliver that through. Um, The other thing they did was they had modelled behaviour, so this came out very highly in Sean's research, you know, we need the leadership team, the managers to be demonstrating good practice and doing it themselves. And and then we won. and then the, finally they they showed them some evidence of whether it had worked or not, um, and that might be over quite a long period of time. So SAP put this into place. One team they did all this support. They gave them a strategy. They worked through it with them, and the other team they didn't. Nine months later, seven times the pipeline value and much faster sales decisions. Wow. Isn't, that's incredible. Isn't and it? so, you know, it ca- it's very, very powerful. And that's only at the beginning, you know, because if you think about it, this is a long-term relationship, this isn't oh, yes, about just is. it ends. It means that when those people go on to work in another organisation, that relationship goes with them, or when they come to buy something else in the future, or, you know, an organisation like SAP's got so many add-ons to their sort of basic packages. Um, yeah. You know, it's a very, very powerful tool but we need to remember it's about people's personal relationships. It's about their own personal credibility, integrity, all of those things. So we have to give them the freedom to behave how they want to, how they feel comfortable and support them in that. And that's why you've got to be a very mature organisation in terms of your social um, mindset, in terms of your the way you operate in social media in order to give that freedom and and have the confidence in the people that you who work with you to, to behave well
0: yeah I, I, I that's very interesting that I mean um, Sean when you were doing that research not necessarily around SAP just you know in, in general what were the most common mistakes I mean you've sort of touched on it already just people like banging out messages on the on LinkedIn but um, yeah what were the most common mistakes people were making when they weren't getting it right?
2: I think a lot of it is trying to understand how to go about it so it's very similar to what Julie was saying in that you can as a manager just ask your team to go do it but for some of the people I mean like I, I've always used social media obviously did the course have a good idea about social media but some sales people could be starting from like you know they haven't used different social channels so I think there has to be a level of compassion there from the company to say, we're going to give you everything you need and we will have sessions so that you're able to, or even again, like Judy mentioned, have someone who's setting an example and saying, well, this is why it works well and this is how your leader is going about it. And that's a great way to learn as well. I think when you just declare that, go do it, um, I think a lot of people are just they they've they're overwhelmed with all their other daily targets that they just go oh, I'll do that later.
0: Totally, I think that's a really good takeaway for people as well. This kind of model behavior, having making sure that the most senior people are also doing it um, in some way, for sure.
1: SAP had a train the trainer kind of approach. So as they rolled it out across each market, so they would have we trained somebody to lead it within each team, and then those people had you know were part of a collaborative group that work together but you might just be you know an individual you might be an an entrepreneur and you want to grow your business so and you haven't got all of those things so but wherever you sit I think you have to start off with this auditing you know where are we how confident are we in social media what do we know how comfortable are we and then find the information have the training do the learning that might mean you go and Um, get some coaching on personal branding or you, you get some training like Sean did on how to use digital marketing channels, you know, so you need to, you might have to have some of that and then embed that behavior, give yourself time just to listen, to be on the platform, to see how it works, to understand who your audience are and then start to build those relationships, you know, and eventually those sales will come. But you've got to take the time to build that network and the quality of network to be able to um to deliver that and you you that's not an overnight thing, but it also needs some support. You can't
2: do it on your own I think as well um something that you mentioned uh, Judy is like the the value and knowing what the right type of content would be to share with your audience. so if you're able to stand back and think about the top five problems that you're solving for your customers and if you're able to be having content that makes them feel like they're learning and they're getting value it's more reason for them to follow you or join the conversation versus if it's maybe only about the company because it's just not really very interesting for for people
0: i mean mean that but i think that's the point isn't it that I mean, a lot of times when I see—I don't know if they're consciously doing social selling—but a lot of times when I see people in advertising and marketing, who are most of my network, um, sharing content that's done really well on LinkedIn. It's not about the company they work for. They're just—it's just thought leadership, or or it's you know—it's they're just sharing something, some cool innovation they've seen, and um, people really love it. I mean, that—that's—that's that's what we're talking about, isn't it? It's—it's it's not. Um, you, you know, I know you said it's not always been the corporate tone, but it's not even talking about the company you work for most of the time. I would have thought, oh.
1: and also so you don't have be... to think about content creation. I think a lot of people are scared that they've got mm. to write content, they've got to suddenly become really great bloggers, and all this kind yeah. of stuff. Actually, it's really about curation. It's about what you bring and 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 what you identify as being important to your audience and and how you package that up for them so you you might find some of that information within your business but you might also find exactly some of that information in what you heard on the radio driving into work or you know what somebody told you in the pub or just from your other kind of you know browsing on social or on other platforms
2: we are talking a lot about the context of the business and driving sales for the business but also there's a piece of your own personal career journey as well. And that can be super endearing. So maybe you don't know immediately how to do this, but by putting yourself out there and maybe putting your hand up when you learned something that might be something that your audience wants to learn, everybody can get behind that because it's a bit more humility. And often people will say, we're the best company ever, or I'm the best salesperson ever. But it it can be quite interesting if someone's like here's something that i got completely wrong and here's how i figured out why um and that type of stuff uh, can really help people lean in i think so being uh, your real self um easier said than done but um i think that the more you can lean into that uh, the more people will notice
0: right when when this episode ends the, mu- the music plays and i thank people for listening Um, At that point, what should people go away and do straight away to get some sort of social selling, effective social selling activity rolling?
1: Well, I probably would say this because I'm a strategist, but I think you have to have a plan, a strategy, a, a, a goal that you want to achieve and some steps in place to get there. Um, and I think that's probably the most important thing. So you need to be able to do that organisationally. So you may lead your organisation, that's fine, you can make that decision. But if you don't, then you need to bring that, you know, it has to come through that, um, through everyone within that organisation with the culture of that business. Because I think social selling de- depends on a collaborative consistent unified approach that sits with your personal brand and your company brand working in synergy together so unless you've got that collaborative approach and unless you've got a clear plan of how you're going to deliver that you will you know you you risk damaging your business rather than um, empowering your business. So that, so that would be my, my first point. I think my second point then sounds odd because I've probably scared people is don't be a scared. So go and have a listen, you know, which of the channel that you need to be on and spend some time there just watching, listening, finding out what's going on and seeing how that works. And then the other thing I would do is I would really analyse and audit my network so many people accept every um request to go in there to be in their network because they think bigger is better it isn't it's actually the quality of the network that's really really important so you can you can download your own um data from linkedin you can have a look at who's on there and actually, you might find you've just got loads of people who are totally irrelevant to you building your profile. And what I mean by that is not just your profile for the business that you work for, where you can support them in social selling, but your own personal profile about what you want to stand for in the industry that you're in. And therefore, you you may find that you are underrepresented with the types of people who ought to be in that network. And I Before you start social selling, you need to find a network that's right and you need to be having relevant conversations with them. You know, you need to be important to that network. So understand who they are, understand who you are in relation to that, and and that will be a really important starting point.
0: Mm, That's that's very interesting about quality, just to pick up on that. I've not really thought about that so much. You're right, if you've got 10,000 connections and only a 1,000 of them are the ones that you want to hear from you, and there's an average of, let's say, a 5% organic reach on your average post, I'm oversimplifying here, you're actually reaching 0.5% of the people that you want to reach because they're only a tenth of your audience.
1: Yeah, and they might all be the irrelevant ones because actually what you... what. And you think about the way the algorithm works as well in terms of the relevancy scores and all of those kind of things. If your yeah. content, ha- yeah. is, if your audience is too disparate and too, you know, because we're Values. not we're not all, you know, Richard Branson or, you know, like <laughs> Bill Gates, who people are, you know, they're going to get seen whatever they do.
0: Yeah, you want high engagement rates because you want the algorithm to go, wow.
1: We'll only yeah. get that if our content is relevant to them and to us and our thoughts and our, what we're sharing is relevant. So therefore the quality of that network, the depth of that network, you know, I'm much better off having five connections within one organization that's really, might be really important to my career or to my business than I am having you know, a thousand connections in a load of random organizations or random roles are nothing, never going to be of importance or of relevance. So we have to think about that. You know, that's really, I think that's very important. And most people, I don't think, well, my experience working, you know, when I work with um, uh, organizations, is most people never look at who they're connected to in any kind of strategic or structured way. They just kind of, um, just kind of carry on accepting people and not even and and don't look to you know who they should be connecting with in a strategic way even sometimes as well. So yeah, that's yeah. really important.
0: Sean, what what would you say to a listener to your average listener wanting to kind of get some of this stuff moving as just very very practical things that they could do straight after listening to this show?
2: Absolutely. So. If you're in sales, if you're thinking about getting into social selling, I think a good exercise might be to sit down and think about what value you could bring to the audience that you're trying to reach. Also what value the business can bring and maybe try to do a bit of a mind map, try to take it apart and really understand where the value is. I'd also have a look at someone else in the industry that is, you know, the standard you want to hit. So why are they doing it well? What is it about the way they do it? Simultaneously, I still think it's really important to be yourself and make it your own. So I wouldn't say copy someone, but I definitely think the the secret sauce I think is being able to be yourself in this context. So getting to know yourself well. Like um as an example, you know, I'm I'm a runner, so maybe if I'm able to tie in some of that to how I frame my learning or ways that the audience can get to know me. What's the unique thing that you bring? And I think that's going to really hook people in because they'll say, oh, that's the guy who talks about these things, but he's also doing this other stuff. So getting to know yourself is the first point. And then the second point, and it's kind of a boring one, but it's a typical sales one, is just be regular, be consistent, keep doing it. Even if you feel like it's not working, just do it again. And good enough is good enough. Have faith in what's going to happen if you invest in this and you believe in yourself over the days and weeks and months because no one else is doing this. And if you just have faith, the results will come. So don't give up.
0: Yeah, that's very, very sage advice. Nice one, Sean. Um, one final question for you. Just give me one trend that you think that is emerging, What you know, one change that you env- envisage emerging in the domain of social selling um, in 2023, Julie, have you got any thoughts on that?
1: So I think, I think the, the, I think there will be a clear, and I think it's already emerging, this clear demarcation between the businesses that empower and support their teams to use social media effectively in this kind of relationship building and the kind of organisations who are see social as another channel to push sales messaging through and i think those that that, that demarcation is starting to emerge and i think it will continue and i think that some organisations are very fearful of giving control or allowing uh, individuals to to do exactly as Sean's been talking about this get their personality in there to to grow those to grow their own um, personal profile alongside the businesses. They're much rather much happier saying send out these targeted messages through um, your email, you know, using email. So I think that I think that separation is going to get more extreme, and I think the danger is that. Um, if we have too much of this kind of spamming going on, it becomes more and more difficult for uh, people who are relationship builders, uh, natural networkers, uh,
2: mm. you know,
1: interested in this value conversation, you know, it becomes more difficult for them to separate themselves from, from those, those two things. So I think I'll be interested to see how that plays out over the next year, really, because I think that's already
2: started to happen.
0: That's very interesting. Sean, how do you think social selling might develop over the next year or so?
2: One thing that I've noticed, um, I recently downloaded TikTok and I'm definitely addicted to it, is um, how much founders and sometimes startup founders are showing the journey of their business uh, alongside building their brand. Mm. And I've seen even some uh, B2B companies really embrace the humor and... you you know build an audience uh, on newer channels like tiktok if you'd i'd consider tiktok newer anyway i'm I'm probably getting old now but um i found that to be quite engaging because i'm you know getting these videos i'm laughing but i'm also learning about the business so um some people are doing this really well and very effectively and You'll end up following them and then yeah, you're learning about the business as well. So I, I can see that being a big movement. Leaders getting much more involved in social in a very casual way um, to to break down some of those barriers.
1: LinkedIn isn't the only social selling channel. There, you know, all of the channels are um, used in very different ways. But, you know, as an individual, because it's you and your personality, um, And you're building your own personal profile, your favorite, your favorite channel might be Instagram or it might be Facebook or it might be TikTok. And there's no reason why you can't use that. LinkedIn's got a very nice, um, you know, integrated platform is a way, you know, it's kind of built for social selling, but that doesn't mean it has to be the social selling network. And certainly in lots of other countries, LinkedIn is not, you know, it's just because in the US, the UK, Northern, uh, Northern Europe, it's a really powerful and important channel doesn't mean to say it's the same in other countries. Um, and so, you know, we have to remember that, that, you know, it's not all LinkedIn. I think that's a really good point.
0: Yeah, true. Um, look, i I've taken up lots of your time. I feel like I've learned loads. And um, all that really remains for me to um, ask you is just remind our users before we go where they can find and connect with you online. Um, Sean?
2: Connect with me on LinkedIn. I haven't deleted all of my connections yet. (laughs) So still plenty of room for all of you. Um, But, yeah, that's on my to-do list now after Julie shared that.
0: Julie, where can people connect with you, find you
1: online? So you can find me on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Julie Atherton SW. And if you'd like a discount code for the book, then go to Kogan page and use AMK20 at checkout.
0: Oh, thank you. That's great. Uh, money off. Um, no, it sound, the book sounds really useful. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy. So thanks for that. We will do that. Well, guys, thanks so much. I really appreciate you taking the time, both of you, to come and um, you know, share your insights and your knowledge. I think that was a very useful episode for people. Um, So, yeah, thanks very much.
2: Thank you. Thanks million. Bye-bye.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about transforming your marketing career through certified online training, head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com. Thanks for listening.